Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is eight minutes after the hour. It is Gary on Guns. But before we kick off talking about guns, because we got Eminem, you know who that is. <laughs> yeah, that's Megan and Mike from Black Rifle. Let's check in with Matt Michaels. <clears throat> Matt's over at Firestone Complete. Uh, over on Conley Road. Matt. Hey there, Gary. It's Matt Michaels, live at Firestone Complete Auto Care in Columbia, where we've got Cars for Heroes out. And once again, as you hear on every Military Monday here on the Eagle, we're going to give a deserving veteran a car today, right before we go off the air at 10 this morning. We're here from 8 to 10, and you can stop by at this new Conley Road location of Firestone Complete Auto Care. Get up to $60 off for Firestone Tires not a bad deal. Standard brake service gets you $40 savings per axle and up to $100 off any September purchase as long as you have your Firestone card. And if you don't have one, you can ask the folks here about it. Also, proud to have Acme Constructors on board to be a supporter of our Military Mondays here on 93.9 The Eagle and our Cars for Heroes event today. So thank you very much to Acme Constructors. They've been in business since 1947, helping out the community and helping out with events like this one here today. Again, we are here for as long as you're on the air, Gary, on the Gary on Gun Show till 10 a.m. And we're giving a deserving veteran in our community a car today with Cars for Heroes. Matt Michaels live at the Conley Road location of Firestone Complete Auto Care in Columbia on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. All right, thanks, Matt. It is uh, really a great endeavor, and I, I, I love it when you guys do this. I love the response from the people who actually win. Um, it's just uh, first responders and uh, military, uh, anything we can do to help them through. Uh, from Black Rifle in Boonville, Megan, good morning. Good morning. And uh, you brought Mike along with you? Yeah, he decided to show up. Speeding yeah. Where were you last night? You were driving in the rain, weren't you? Oh, yeah, man. I was uh, I was in Kansas City last night. Uh, a really good friend of mine. Uh, they were doing a reunion tour of the uh, band that they are in. Uh, so I was up fairly late helping him, you know, loading in. <laughs> Being his kind of you're a roadie. Yeah, I was being well. The technical term is base base technician. <laughs> you're a roadie. I don't care what they call it. You're a roadie. So, so yeah, that got over. Uh, I think we finally buttoned that up around midnight, and I was driving home in the monsoon last night. And then I did my best Tim Oliver impression trying to get here this morning and showing up at the last <laughs> second. So, <laughs> all right, I, I see that uh, Megan brought in a couple of uh, nice firearms. One of them that's uh, sitting over there is particularly intriguing to me, uh, but we. No, not no, that one. Not that one? Mm. No, 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 no. Oh, nay, nay, Perlene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking the other one a lot. We'll talk about that uh, in a little while. You know, there's been a push on uh, Capitol Hill, uh, and I mean everything from the White House to Congress, uh, particularly the House of Representatives, to increase background checks to punish minorities. And uh, I, I'm sorry, to, uh, not to punish minorities, although that's what it does. But they've been pushing these background checks. They think somehow that's going to stop more violent crime. Uh, Dr. John Lott, a frequent guest on the program, uh, talks about that and what the result really is. And as I pointed out, it is going to punish minorities. Here is his take on background checks. Police are important. The police themselves understand that they virtually always arrive on the crime scene after the crimes occurred. And the people who benefit the most from owning guns are the ones who are most likely to be victims of violent crime. So Democrats have just taken control of Congress. And the first thing out of the gate is universal background checks. They, they definitely think that they have a solution to all of the, the mass shootings and all of the violence and gun violence. Isn't that a good idea? Isn't it? Shouldn't, shouldn't we get 
bad guys before they get their hands on a gun? Everybody wants to stop bad guys from being able to go and get guns. The question is whether this actually stops bad guys from getting guns. And does it stop a lot of law-abiding citizens who obey the rules, who we want to be able to have guns for protection? And unfortunately, I think the way the current system's set up is it doesn't stop the bad guys, but it stops good guys from getting guns. And that seems like the worst of all possible worlds. They've named this in honor of Gabby Giffords, and, and everybody knows that horrific story of her getting gunned down at a town hall meeting. Would universal background checks have stopped her shooter? You have to understand what universal background checks are. They're background checks on every, any private transfer of a gun. You know, most of these private transfers are within families that are occurring. The shooter that wounded her severely that day, he didn't get his gun from a, a private transfer. In fact, if you look over the, the last century, the century, there hasn't been one mass public shoot that would have been stopped if these laws had been on the book, even assuming people had obeyed the law there, uh, it wouldn't have stopped one of these attacks. But yet it's something that's raised all the time as an argument for why we should have these rules. Well, it's emotionally appealing and it's, it, you know, it sounds simple, like if we, if we would just run everybody through this process, but the government makes so many mistakes with the current system. It's a mess. Uh, you know, we frequently hear that there have been three million dangerous prohibited people that have been stopped from buying a gun. The problem is that's not true. It's not even close to being true. What they should say is that there have been three million initial denials and that virtually all of those are false positives. It's one thing to stop a felon from buying a gun. It's another thing to stop somebody simply because they have a similar name to the felon from buying a gun. We already have a background check system where you go if you buy a gun from a dealer, okay, a licensed dealer. Universal background checks are expanding that to any time you have a private transfer of a gun between people, you know, between a father and a son or two relatives or neighbors or anybody else, you have to go through a background check. In Washington, D.C., it costs $125 to go and do that background check. For background checks generally, uh, what you have to do is you have to fill out the form to buy a gun. It's called 4473. You put your name, your social security number, your address, your race, your birthday, your eye color. You know, you give them all this information. You think they're using all that information. But what they've ended up using is phonetic, roughly phonetically similar names. So somebody who maybe John Smith will a Smith with a Y and an E and a Smith with an I. As far as the government's concerned, those are roughly phonetically similar names and it's the same person, same name that's there. And then they'll look at birthdays and many times they'll even look at, quote, similar birthdays. So if it's the same month and year, but it's an eight rather than a three or something like that, they'll consider those similar types of birthdays that are there. And the problem is, is that when you have uh, you know, similar names or similar birthdays, you're going to get a lot of people who just are, have similar information to a felon. Let's say who you really want to stop from being able to go and obtain a gun. And the problem is, is that you end up, unfortunately, stopping a lot of law-abiding citizens who may really need a gun to protect themselves and their families. If a private company was able to go and just use the small amount of information or, you know, rough information, roughly phonetically similar names or similar birthdays or things like that, 
Democrats would scream bloody murder because, and they would tell you, the reason is they're worried that it would harm minorities. Well, if it creates a problem there, why aren't we concerned about minorities being able to defend themselves and their families? So three, you said three million false, false positives. What happens if you um, end up on the wrong side of the, of the background check? And you can't get a gun, and you're 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 legal, and you really want that that gun f- to protect your family. You know, maybe you live in a rough neighborhood. What what right. happens? How do you get out of that box? Well, you can appeal, but the problem is, the vast majority of people who try to go and appeal are going to have to hire a lawyer, and lawyers will charge anything from like three thousand to ten thousand dollars to go through this process. What they're doing is they're not only primarily stopping minorities, but they're stopping middle income and poor minorities primarily from being able to go and get guns. You know, poor people generally. You know, if my research convinces me of anything, it's that poor people, particularly poor minorities who live in high crime urban areas, are the ones who benefit the most from having guns for protection. Police are important, but police themselves understand that they virtually always arrive on the crime scene after the crimes occurred. And the people who benefit the most from owning guns are the ones who are most likely to be victims of violent crime. And so, you know, why do you want to set up a system where the very people who are the most vulnerable in our society, who benefit the most from having a gun for protection, are the very ones that you have a system where it's just mistakes that are causing them not to be able to do that. Matt Kibbe, along with uh, Dr. John Lott, uh, we'll check in here with Eminem in just a few minutes and find out what their take is on what they've just heard. We'll accept your calls, too. It is National Hunting and Fishing Day. We'll chat a little bit about that, find out what you've been hunting for and what you enjoy hunting. Coming up on Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. 874-9390, the toll-free number, 800-529-5572. We just played uh, some audio from John Lott, and uh, Megan and Mike are in from Black Rifle. And we'll uh, chat with them about what uh, what they heard and what they think of uh, of uh, Dr. Lott's uh, uh, opinion on the background checks. In the meantime, if you got questions, we got answers. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. And Mike apparently does, so let's bring Mike on board. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. I- what? I said good morning. How you doing? Uh, we're doing? We're doing well. At least I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a quick comment and a quick question. I'm still waiting to get in a Green Valley out there with that AR-15 that Megan conned me into buying and Pete put the sights on. But uh, I was shooting at a buddy of mine's house, and uh, did you tear like up the? Dummy, si- did you hurt his house at all? No, nah, I, I didn't hit his house. Oh, you were shooting at his house. You mean you missed his house? Yeah, on the target too, most of the time. <laughs> but but uh, my question is, we were shooting, and like a dummy, you know, I didn't check out real closely what was behind the target and i heard something zip through the tree leaves near me which i assume was a ricochet and i told my buddy i said look man you know i heard on your show before that you know you're pretty much responsible for every round you fire and if i fire a round and it ricochets and hits you i'm still up on a murder charge and he swore up and down no way that i would be charged with murder can you guys help clear that up because i'm sure he's listening and i'll take this answer off the air thank you all right mike we'll do uh boy. Yeah, I mean, uh I I would definitely say 
uh, you're 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 looking at at least a minimum of manslaughter charges. Yep. Uh, you know, and but depending on who might get a hold of that, who might be looking at prosecuting that, I mean, they're probably going to try to go for murder. Oh, wait a minute. Suppose it's your property, and you invite me over to shoot, and you say that's where the targets are, and I shoot where you tell me to shoot, and you get hit by a ricochet. How's that my fault? You're the one who told me it's okay to shoot there. Well, then you committed suicide. Okay. <laughs> uh, doesn't quite work that way. You know, it's, it's called personal responsibility and accountability. Anything that you're doing, you know, you you have a direct responsibility for. You know, so any anything that leaves any projectile that leaves that firearm, you know, that's a liability. So you got to make sure it goes where it's supposed to go. So I can't trust you on your own property with your own shooting range to tell me the truth. Uh, Pete just piped in manslaughter at worst manslaughter at worst uh, is that the guy from Rooster Industries yeah that goofball yeah what is that what is that what is his website roosterindustriesllc.com is that go. it yeah. yeah yeah well we don't want to promote him no okay. no yeah. so we're yeah. not going to say anything Pete. about roosterindustriesllc.com <laughs> I thought he was supposed to be working on his boat well uh, doesn't he don't uh, don't those guys train uh Future law enforcement officers over here at the law enforcement training center, or whatever that is. Oh yeah, oh, they're, yeah. they're adjunct instructors with LETI, and they do their own private courses as well. And they're working at expanding things. Ah, well, all right, that's enough promoting them. <laughs> uh, all right, so Dr. John Lott was just on. He talked about uh, false uh, positives, and uh, in some communities, uh, he particularly mentioned New York City. Uh, they'll charge a hundred plus dollars. Yeah. In order to get, uh, yeah, because you not only have to get uh, the regular NICS check, they've got their own background check, Woof. and it's uh, over a hundred dollars. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. I think John Lott makes a valid point that mm -hmm. if you're struggling to make ends meet, you, you price people out. Yeah, yeah, and usually those are the people living in the uh, more depressed neighborhoods. Well, not only do you price people and out there, you know, if they get like one of the false positives like he's talking about and you have done nothing wrong and you are legally able to purchase a firearm, the process to basically clear your name so that you can get your firearm is not going to be a cheap one either. I mean, you're talking legal battles, appeals, time, money, uh, a lot of things just to say, hey, I'm not that schmuck that, you know, is can't buy a gun. I'm the good guy. So yeah, and if you're living in those neighborhoods, those are the neighborhoods where you most want to be able to defend yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it's just it just doesn't work. Uh, and I also know for a fact that bad guys have all kinds of resources that are unregulated: uh, stealing guns, uh, buying stolen guns, mm -hmm. uh, trading guns. I mean, they uh, you can't imagine somebody who's willing to rob a bank. Uh, or sell illicit drugs on the street is going to go into a gun store and, and buy a gun or say, gee, I got turned down. I guess I'll just keep robbing banks and selling these uh, drugs on the street without any way to defend myself. Well, I mean, there was a there was a local gun shop here in town that was broken into here twice. And they had, what, 66 guns taken and they've all mm -hmm. and 65 still have not been recovered. Is that 65? Um, I heard they got more. I heard okay. they got yeah. more. 
Uh, hats off the, to Columbia Police for finding more. Cause that, yeah, the yeah, that wasn't a dig at the arrested. police. No, I know. It's just the fact that, I mean, criminals yeah. are going to find a way to get stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that um, so the background check being had three on him when he was arrested. So the background, yeah, aren't you surprised he didn't get a background check before he bought those I'm stolen shocked. guns? A criminal doesn't care about laws? Stunned. <laughs> oh. Who'd have thunk? You know why the anti there are anti anti gunners in uh, central Missouri. I mean, you know, like the million more on mom march that they wage in Washington D.C. and several of these other uh, 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 groups that uh, former Mayor Bloomberg uh, have been supporting, but they will never call this program. You know why? Because they don't have a case to be made. Well, I mean, there's been many times where on social media. Uh, you know, for example, like when Black Rifle first moved to Parkade, you know, they're like, oh, you're so close to a school. And we had so many people just, you know, coming onto our social media pages and just being, you know, total idiots about the whole process. Mm -hmm. And I was fairly cordial to start with. I'm like, you know what? I would be happy to sit down and have a talk with you. Crickets. Yeah. They don't <laughs> yeah. want. And then you had their security guy that was all excited that we were there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when we moved to that location, I mean, we ran it up the, the flagpole at the schools. They're like, yeah, we're cool with it. Yeah. And then their actual security guard was really cool with it. So. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. All right, it's uh, National Hunting and Fishing Day. I don't fish with firearms, but I've been known to go hunting for it. What with grenades? Them? I'm sorry? <laughs> go, go fishing with grenades or go dynamite. Go fishing with That's hey. not a firearm. <laughs> That's it. That, well, anyway. It's regulated. We'll check, we'll check in with you. We'll find out. What you go hunting for, what you like to hunt for, and what you use. Coming up, Gary and John. 35 minutes after the hour, and uh, Michael and Megan are uh, in studio from Black Rifle. A couple of great firearms. We'll talk about them in the next hour. In the meantime, it is uh, National Hunting and Fishing Week, and uh, we're talking about hunting. Uh, so my question to you is, when's the last time you went? What do you like to hunt, and what do you use when you hunt? Uh, and if you want to uh, share that information, 874 9390 800-529-5572. I think I'm going to take a position of mine and, and turn it into the devil's advocate just to piss you guys off. Uh, so uh, I'm going to start with you, Mike. When's the last time you went hunting? Too long ago to remember. And I know, I remember it was a deer hunting archery, but I'm... You went deer hunting with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Yeah, that used to be my thing. I used to, I used to, I used to do archery hunting. It's a longer season, too. Mm -hmm. It's a lot longer season. A lot longer. <laughs> Well, uh, better weather. probably a lot harder to do, and that's why. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> they're, they're going to be If I say yes, it's harder to do. There are going to be people out there that are going to be like, no, you have to have certain skills for, to do guns and everything. There's going to be people on both sides of it. But uh, in my opinion, I mean, you, you have to be able to get your, your ranging. You have to make sure that each of your sights on your bow is set up correctly for those ranges. Um, you know, you're typically, you know, in a deer stand shooting down uh arrows don't tend to like brush and twigs and stuff that might deflect it a little bit as much so yeah i mean there's there's definitely a lot more variables involved when you're doing archery hunting i remember in college taking a, a quick because you you know you, you want the uh, cheap credits they had an archery class yeah and i made the mistake of taking this class in the winter uh session and I didn't have those things for my fingertips. And it wasn't one of those, you know, pull the trigger kind of bows. It was... Right. And I can remember my fingertips just 
like it was like somebody was hitting them with a hammer. It was probably like a recurve too. It didn't have cams or anything on no, it. So, no. so yeah, so recurves. I mean, you're you're whatever weight you pull, you're holding. Yes. You know, whereas like with a compound bow or something of that sort, you're going to pull a certain amount of weight. And then when the cams break over, you're holding less weight. So, you know, you could have a, a bow that you're pulling 70 pounds, but it breaks over and you're only holding 15 percent of that. So that is one thing that's great whenever you're hunting with a compound bow is if you're primed and ready to take that shot, you can pull the arrow and you can be sitting there waiting you know, and it gives you time to make sure you're going to get that shot. But yeah, if you're doing a recurve, I mean, it's all the weight all the time. And then when it flies and lets free, yeah, your your fingers are going to get it. And the instinct is to hold the uh, the cord right at the first joint, uh, at first knuckle. But you can't do that and shoot accurately, right? Uh, you got to. It's got to be right at the very tip where all the nerve endings are, and it's cold, and it's like. Well, yeah, you got to make sure your arms just right and everything too. Otherwise, yeah, you gotta, you're going to get the string slap on your arm. Oh, and, yeah. You only do that once, maybe twice, and and. Then, <laughs> oh no! I've seen people do it way too many times. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, well, no. they still haven't learned. But. Oh no! 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 That hurts too much. Oh yeah. And a whole forearm, you feel like you've ripped the flesh off. But yeah, it was it was funny because uh, a, a former employee of our of ours uh, sold me a bow a couple of years ago. I'm like, you know, you know, I I haven't shot a bow in so long and i decided to go ahead and and go back out to an archery range i'm like let's see what i can do and it's, it's kind of like, back to you it did like i mean he was actually like how long has it been since you shot a bow i'm like 20 plus years and i mean i was stacking them like i was even creasing the side of the arrows because they were you know in that type of a group so i'm like what, okay what are these bows that have that long looks like a counterweight what the hell it's, is that yeah for? it's it's basically what it is it's a stabilizer uh so it uh because ideally, whenever you're holding a bow, you don't want a death grip. It kind of like when you're, you know, shooting a firearm. Your your primary grip on it, you don't want to have a death grip. You want to have control over it. Most of the time with a bow, you want to have a really relaxed grip, almost to the point where you're just pulling it into the webbing in between your index finger and your thumb. And when a lot of people, whenever they release, they have a tendency to just like grab the bow again. Well, if the arrow hasn't actually left, that kind of creates a shock through it, and it's going to throw your shot off. So what you do is you just really relax when and keep your hand completely open, and that way when it flies, the bow kind of falls forward on its own, and it just kind of... Uh, it doesn't it, interfere with the trajectory then. Correct. So it's you, already you, gone. you the let arrow it do its gone. thing, and then once it actually starts fall, falling forward, then you can kind of grab it and, and almost catch it. Because most people are going to have a stabilizer on the front, also have a lanyard of some sort around their wrist. So that, I mean, I used to shoot competitively, and when I shot competition, I mean, you had guys back then that ha literally had like four-foot stabilizers out the front of it, you know, and, and they were just all sorts of insane colors, but they would be so relaxed and not even grab their bow that whenever they shot it would completely pivot all the way down and then they would just finally grab it and pivot yeah, but by up. then the arrow is already left so yeah. it's all right and a lot of comp competitive shooters are you know especially in archery are shooting really slow and really low poles because they're shooting for accuracy and they're shooting competition they don't need that fast arrow because you know that's another thing to think about if you're you know archery uh hunting for deer if you have a loud bow uh the projectile being an arrow is significantly slower than a bullet. Uh, so you can also get where deer jump the arrow. They hear the sound yeah, and they'll move hear, they'll hear before the, the arrow gets there. And they'll just jump as a response, and before the arrow gets to them, they've jumped it. 
Ah. So, yeah, you, you've got to watch things like that, too. So you need, like, a fast bow. You need silencers and stuff to uh, to kind of quiet the bow strings and everything of that sort. So, there's like I said, there's a ton of variables in archery. Now, when I'm shooting my firearm, I have sights on it that I can use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's a rifle, I can get some optics on there that really bring it in. Is there anything like that for... for uh I'll tell you the the world of uh, archery sites has really come in. Uh, I mean, traditionally you typically have a peep uh, on the string close to your eye, and then you have uh, separate pins. Like my pins are fiber optic, and I can see them really good, and they're really you know small, so you can keep a really tight group if you'd like. Uh, but like Trijicon, you know, company known for firearms optics, they make optics for archery and there's a lot of companies that actually have kind of like a magnified optic with crosshairs and they've even gone so far as to you know you think crosshair how are you going to adjust it for your yardage they actually have like this little thumb lever that you can click it from like 10 to 30 to 40 to 60 yards or whatever and it automatically does the adjustment you have sided in so so the device is on the string and when you pull back uh it comes right up to your eye it, well, there's actually, it's kind of a two-part device. So you have a peep that's typically on your string that would be kind of the equivalent of the rear sight on your gun. Yeah. And then you have uh, front posts, essentially, on the riser of your bow itself. So you have to look at the peep through the peep to your pin. So it's basically rear sight, front sight, line them up, and there you go. Megan? That's, That's just too head. much work. Yep. Isn't it's it? so fun, though. Oh, so fun, though. No, you kidding. It's just like firearms. I mean, no, you, it's you, not you, just you, like fire. Megan, is it just like fire? Sound like firearms to you? A little more to it. There's yeah. a little more to it, but you get into it, and once that's true, it, it's kind of like you learn firearms. I'm only busting your. I, I know, <laughs> but I'm I'm, I'm going to take my defensive stance. <laughs> yeah. All right, Megan, you uh, you sh- you go hunting more often. Yeah, um, I froze my rear off last year for nothing. No, you didn't. You walked in here and you were uh, completely attached. Uh, you think that now? Yeah. So you, uh, what do you use? What do you shoot with? My Mark Forty Seven. Mark Forty Seven. Mm-hmm. A little easier to uh, sight yes. in. It, if there's a branch in the way, a little leaf or something like that, you probably get through it with a little. My more. dad's pretty good about clearing good lanes where my stand is, so mm-hmm. I typically don't have to worry about that. And you also go out after feral hogs. Yes. Did you guys have property somewhere that's Yeah, remote? so um, my parents actually just got this piece of property, nice little house on it. Um, and the first season that we had the property, my uncle got a deer, I got diddly squat, and my dad got a hog. Diddly squat is diddly a squat. lot easier to hit. Yes. Yes. He, he, yes. No chance I'm of good missing. at hunting that. Are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last time I went... <laughs> Uh, was before was when I was a kid. My father died in uh, 1986, and I think that we went hunting. It was like 1973. That's the last time I went hunting. We went hunting for rabbit. Yeah. Uh, so I have. I just don't do it. So I'm going to be uh, Gary the liberal, uh, who is an animal rights activist. When we uh, when we come back, and I'm going to challenge both you guys. And he is tough to debate with. But wait, 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 Brian. Can we check in with Matt Michaels? Yes, because, we can. Because uh, Matt is over at Firestone Complete, and uh, he is uh, preparing to give away uh, a, a, an automobile to a deserving veteran or first responder, and he's going to do it later in the program. Hey, Matt, what's going on out there? 
Well, Gary, I tell you what, it is just a fantastic morning out here at the Conley Road location of Firestone Complete Auto Care. And that's right. I can't really take the credit. The Cars for Heroes folks at carsforhero.org and Car Santa and everybody else have gotten the car ready. The veteran will be here, and we will get a deserving veteran a car here this morning. And if you come out here and see us, well, you'll get a chance to get some great deals at Firestone, too. They've got a deal right now, $60 off for Firestone Tires. $40 savings per axle if you get their standard brake service and up to $100 off any purchase in the month of September with your Firestone card. So you can ask Vinny, the manager here, about that. He's holding down the Ford here on a Saturday morning. And thanks as well to Acme Constructors. You're going to hear more from them on Wake Up Columbia on our Military Mondays where we always have the car Santa on. We hear about these veterans who we try to hook up, local veterans in need, who need some reliable transportation. And Acme Constructors, they've got offices in St. Louis and Columbia, and uh, they're proud to be coming on to support our Military Mondays with Cars for Heroes. It really is a lovely morning. It's not so burning hot yet. So come on out and see us. And again, before 10 a.m., there will be a car given away to a deserving veteran right here at this location. It is the Conley Road location of Firestone Complete Auto Care in Columbia, right across from Lowe's here on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And, Gary, we're just counting down the moments until we get that great moment uh, in about an hour or so. I'm waiting with bated breath. There's minnows on my tongue right now. All right. <laughs> Can't wait to see it. Michael, uh, I'm sorry. Matt, thank you. Glad to have you. On uh, Gary on Guns, we'll check in with you again. Brian, can I do I have time to grab a phone call before yes, we go? Yes, you do. All right, let me get uh, Michael on the phone. Michael, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Uh, thank you. Hey, I'm a veteran of 48 years of marriage. I deserve that car. <laughs> yeah, you des- 48 up, years, I'm you gonna, deserve a Maserati. That's right. I'm going to sneer up my nose at your archery stuff. You guys want to be a real man, take up addle addles. You know Ooh. what that is? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've tried that ladle, and I am horrible at Garson, it. Garson, <laughs> uh, who comes on from uh, uh, Graphs, loves to do that. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, but I'm really bad at it. <laughs> I've, seen guys can ru- I, I've seen guys who can hit six-inch circles at 40 yards on a routine basis. They're yeah. throwing these things at 55 to 60 mile an hour. Yeah. Um, can you imagine trying to sneak up on a deer or a hog, which is legal in Missouri, with one of these things and being able to hit them with the, all the preliminary motion that goes into just firing that thing in full exposure to the animal? Um, now, I've, I've flung these things. Hello? Ground to uh. hit my big toe. I'm really bad at it, but you ought to try it if you haven't. Uh, yeah, they're de- they're definitely fun. They're 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 definitely a skill you have to learn for sure. Uh, I I tried I tried them once, and I would love to spend a little bit more time and do it some more just to get some practice in and and try to hone my skills. But yeah, the first time I tried it, uh, <laughs> hunt with an adaladel. I'd rather add a little gun. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Michael. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. <laughs> Gary, the liberal, the animal rights activist, coming back next. To challenge these two with a Gary and gun. It's 53 minutes after the hour. <laughs> and I'm sitting in for Gary. I am uh, Gary the Liberal, and I'm an animal rights activist. We're talking about National Hunting and Fishing Day, and both of you have decided that hunting is a, is a worthwhile endeavor. You're killing innocent animals, and I just don't understand why you... Even if you wanted to eat meat, you didn't just go to the grocery store and leave these poor defenseless animals alone. And I'm frankly going to start with Megan because 
she's the one who's most recently gone hunting for animals. Well, you're laughing at me because I love animals. Of course. So why would you kill an innocent animal uh, when you can be eating bamboo shoots at any time and you don't have to kill anything? Because they taste better? Well, you can go to Burger King now and you can get a, a hamburger that doesn't even have any dead meat in it. No dead animals. I'm not starving enough for that. They taste just like the food you like, only they don't kill animals. You're not eating dead animals. Meh. Meh is not an answer. <laughs> Clearly, I've backed her into a corner already. There's no point in hunting. Nobody should have to kill an innocent animal. I'd rather take something hunting than some of the ones, some of the slaughterhouses and things that you see. It's more humane. I wouldn't have the slaughterhouses either. Well, you, you could just, eat veggie burgers. But you just you, said you would go to the store and get it versus going hunting. Well, I, oh. said it, I said at the very least I would do that, but I wouldn't do that, period. I, I don't supposed- think there should be dead animals on your plate. Mike, how much do I like vegetables? <laughs> what are vegetables to you? Here we go. Yeah. There's my so, answer. Well, they can make them taste like beef. They, they, they may be able to taste them like beef, but what other toxins are you putting into your body to get it to taste like beef? We've you, would, you, would, you would much rather go insert a lot of things, chemicals, you know, pesticides and stuff to keep that stuff. You're arguing that there are pesticides and chemicals in there. But where's your proof of that? You have no proof of that. You just made that up right here on the spot. The fact of the matter is that you can go out and eat all kinds of vegetables. There are vegetarian restaurants where there are no dead animals and people are healthy. Uh, you're, you're just killing innocent animals. They have rights too, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, though. They're, they're not. You, you, earlier, you said that they were also defenseless animals. But, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, go out and, and do some hunting and try to use an atlatl directly against a big bull elk or something of that sort and tell me that thing's defenseless. But you're not shooting with an atlatl. You're probably using an assault rifle that's used to kill people in war. See, now you're making assumptions about what I'm going to be doing. I said probably. I didn't say definitely. (laughs) What kind of rifles do you use when you're out killing innocent animals? Atlatls. You do not. I just heard you talk about this a few minutes ago, and you don't. And you haven't used archery in years. So you must be using... But but I haven't been using what you would call an assault rifle either. You know, you've been misinformed on what an assault rifle is. Oh, no, no. I know what an assault rifle is. An assault rifle is a weapon of war being used on the streets to kill millions of Americans. So, Remington 700. So it, A bolt action. So, oh, wait a minute. You think you know about assault rifles? Okay. I don't think you two are, know anything about assault rifles. But I will simply refer to a friend of mine, who, and she knows assault rifles. I've held an AR-15 in my hand. I wish I had it. It is as heavy as 10 boxes that you might be moving. Uh, And the bullet that is utilized, a 50 caliber, these kinds of bullets, uh, need to be lifers and do not need to be on the street. You're out with 50 caliber AR-15s. I'd like to know where she's finding those. 
I'd take one. <laughs> so yet, yet again, we have you know a, another person that is uneducated that doesn't know what an assault rifle is. But I, I do have a, a rebuttal to you know you just wanting to live the vegan lifestyle, and that would be. All you have to do is go to CC City Broiler, and you will change your mind, and your life will be changed forever. Oh, that really hurts. <laughs> that, is, that is really, that is a cheap shot on your part. <laughs> oh, my God, I love steak. <laughs> that is so hard. Oh, it was so funny, too, because right before we came on, there was a commercial on, and it had this just incredible-looking steak on it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's good. It was in a big pan. Oh, my God, did that, did that look good? All right. Uh, coming up, uh, we got a couple of terrific firearms that have been uh, brought in from uh, Black Rifle there in Boonville. If I'm heading down the highway and I want to get off, I want to get off at the correct exit. Which one is it? The middle exit. I thought it was the second exit. That one, too. Well, what if I'm coming from the other direction? Yes. All right. Or if you're coming from the other direction, it's exit 103. You want to give, uh, yeah, 103. <laughs> you want to give them a little bit more explicit detail on exactly where they can find Black Rifle. I-70, Boonville, exit 103, which is the middle or the second exit, uh, south side of I-70, right across from the Chevy dealership. And, uh, boy, uh, not just AR-15s in there. I'll tell you what, Megan, Megan has got all kinds of fun stuff in there. Uh, you know, she's, as you can see from the, the stuff that we're going to be talking about here a little bit, uh, we've, we've definitely expanded the range there. Uh, Is there any reason that I, I mean, I'm the host of the program and you haven't even let me fondle uh, the firearms that you brought in? Well, because they were sitting here and then you sat me here. That's true. That was a mistake. I did. I did <laughs> so, put them close to. So yeah, yeah. She, she she did the, it right, and then I moved. I'm sorry. Well, we're going to examine them. <laughs> and by the way, if you go to Gary on Guns on our Facebook page, you'll actually see them because we're going to put them up on camera because we've got cameras in the studio on Gary on Guns ninety three nine 